Thank you for listening to this previously recorded episode of GalaxyCon Live. We'd also like to invite you to check out our other shows, Rock Around the Ring, featuring music and wrestling guests, and GalaxyCon Talks Comics, all of which are available now on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere else fine podcasts are available. Hi, welcome to GalaxyCon Live. I'm Mike Broder, president of GalaxyCon. With me is Sandy Martin. Hi. And we have special guests, Lou and Shauna Ferrigno. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, yeah, we're nice here in California, the sunshine, and now... Nice to see you guys again. Well, I can't see you in person, but it's nice to talk to you guys again. It really is. We're so happy to see you. I, it's it's going to be weird. One of my favorite things is a Lou Ferrigno hug. And so in the future, if we aren't still able to hug people, it's going to be a sad, sad world. But here's a, here's a high five for the future. Yeah. So... One of the things we like to talk about on this podcast are convention experiences, and I certainly have my favorites with you, and I'm sure fans do too, um, but we want to hear about uh, maybe one or two of your favorite convention experiences over the years. How long have you been doing these things? I've been doing it probably 20 years. What I enjoy about the convention experience is the fact I get a chance to meet my fan, and you get that instant gratification because a lot of time when you're on the set filming, you work with other actors, you do a scene, but the thing is that when you do a convention, you work with other actors too, but more like a social media, like a family type. And my favorite thing is that you were with me when I went in the green room and I grabbed William Shatner. Oh, I, my I, I, I gave him a bear hug because I love the guy. I kept holding on to him, but uh, he's great because uh, the guy's like, you know, pass out. <laughs> I know. But uh, the beauty about the convention is the fans that come up, the appreciation, uh, the smile, the warmth. It makes me feel like like uh, you're, you're working in a different way, not uh, far off like TV, far off like the connection with the fans, because they're the ones who make us. They're the ones who create the box office. They're the ones who put keep me alive on the map and everything. And that's why, because of all this, Sean has gone with me at a couple of conventions, and she sees the reaction from people. Sometimes I don't see the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for reminding me of that story. That is, yeah. I got, I snuck some photos in of that. That was really a moment. I, I promised Shatner I've never shared them with anyone ever. <laughs> so well, I'm going to tell you one uh, experience. This was about uh, 20 some years ago. And at the time, I trained a lot of different celebrities. One time a guy came to me and he has a weird costume on and making all these oozes sound. And he walked away and he came by again. I kept saying to him, who are you? Excuse me, who are you? So he made an event towards me and then he walked away. Little did I realized the next day it was Michael Jackson. Because I trained him for over 20 years. But Michael Jackson came to a convention, disguised himself because, you know, because people would mob him. But he played a joke on me. Yeah, uh-huh, with Michael Jackson. We, we just found out that Bubbles is in a preserve in Florida about three hours from us. And after this is all over, we have to go. There's an ape, there's an ape refuge in central Florida and bubbles is living out his best life there. And so I got to go see bubbles. Oh yeah. I hope whoever runs it is nicer than Joe exotic. But yeah. Oh God. I got him to watch a little bit of the tiger King. The Tiger King, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you watch it, Lou? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's because of this lockdown, more people watching more TV uh, shows than ever. Follows everything, you know, everything. Uh, the Tiger porn show, and, and then all these different uh, rerun the 
Tiger porn show, is that what you called it? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much is. is. We learned that meth is bad. Right? Meth is bad. Yes. Yes, she she sees them all because I don't watch much of TV, but she's very keen of all these shows. (laughs) Everything from the, what, Housewife, Kardashian. Not you. I'm not really. Yeah. Because we, we're basically doing a reality show for the two of us. Mm-hmm. She's a producer, too. So, yeah. so uh, Shauna, is, uh, you're a fitness guru. Well, I'm a lifestyle coach. Ooh. So, what I, yeah, what I do, I call myself a guru. Um, but, yeah, what, I, what, what we do is we go and I lighten the blow for people when we walk in their homes and he goes, don't put it in your mouth. Stop eating it. Shut your face. And I'm like, <laughs> Let's talk about the emotional side of what's going on with resetting your path. So we're a good dynamic duo, us two. I am a lot, I'm a lot sweeter when it comes to you're no BS. You don't, exactly. yeah, you don't deal because with it. Because on YouTube, the reset plan, you got to check it out. It's hilarious. It's funny. And, yeah. it's, and these people that just break down and they want to admit, you know, I mean, you know, lifestyle is huge today. And that's why we want to go deeper than compared to the, uh, to the what was it? Uh, the weight loss show. Well, that? like the biggest loser. Yeah. We're not about right. six pack abs. We're about feeling good inside of yourself, you know, and having fitness kind of like what these conventions are getting lost in something you love and, you know, continuing to be consistent and going to the shows and having a community around you. It can be the same for losing weight. As I can't is. tell you how many times I've, got, I've gone to conventions. I've seen fans over the years. They would come to me. They said, listen, I've lost 100 pounds. I've lost 75 pounds. Thanks to you because a lot of times people come to the convention. It's a heroic thing, but also they see because of my physicality at the same time, because sometimes they have low self-esteem. They want to connect with a celebrity. They want to be someone. That's the beauty about the convention. Like you guys put on the show, it's important to respect the fan, most important because, you know, it's a huge issue because that has to do with the whole physicality too. Yeah, it is. And it's been amazing to see how, how the, the the nerd and we talked about this last night on with um, Jonathan that the you can you can like sports and fitness and be a nerd now yeah absolutely it's a completely separate world and but the amazing thing about conventions a lot of times you see doctors uh, lawyers they dress up as a Trekkie sometimes they dress up as a Hulk because because it, because years ago we had comic convention. Now, because of pop culture, right, you guys, because now we have the mainstream, that everybody wants to be part of it. And I think it's very exhilarating, very exciting, because it's a very positive thing to do. And so I, we've been telling everyone that you're going to tell us a little bit about staying fit while we're at home on lockdown right now. I think we've got a couple more weeks of this, for sure. Oh. Just about everywhere. Sean and I came up with the idea, which is great. Sometimes you can get a couple of water bottles, you can use them as weights. Like, for example, you get a chair, you get two chairs, you get like a broomstick, you can lie down on your back and you can do upside chin up. This could go for anyone and very safe. And also, you can get like canned fruit or, or, for example, vegetable bags, use them like dumbbells. Also, you could do stationary running. But the important thing is you can get the whole family to do it. That's why when I was young, I used to watch the show, Jack Elaine's show. And Jacqueline at the time was the only exercise Google on TV, people watch him work out. And the mother would emulate him in the home. Even myself would try to emulate him. But now we're going back to that because especially with the lockdown and you're confined being home. A lot of people don't have gym, but there's no excuse because you could use utensils, you could do things around the house to improvise for a workout, which is fantastic. And the most important thing about the lockdown, what we're going through, it's nutrition. If you feel depressed, if you're locked down, you don't want to force yourself to eat all the bad food, 
to, for the relief to feel better by yourself. It only harms yourself. If you can do something to read, maybe like 30, 45 minutes, three times a week, that's fantastic. Yeah, our diet has definitely, our portion sizes have come down. I'm, I'm, I've lost weight. Yeah. Okay, good for you. How? Are you just more mindful about it? I'm, I usually used to eat out every day. Wow. Literally every home. day. And when we eat out, the restaurants are putting in a lot of things into the food. And while it tastes great, the stuff I'm eating at home, you know, right. is it tends to be a little bit less. Well, there's fat and salt in what I'm cooking. Uh, I'm not the only one cooking. You, you make a, a mean pasta sauce. Yeah. He probably puts less oil in the pasta sauce than I do. Because a lot of time people go to a restaurant, they will, for example, before they eat, they will have, uh, you see bread, they would dunk the bread, like, for example, olive oil. Olive oil, 110 calories a tablespoon. So a few of those and a margarita, you're talking about over almost 2,500 calories. Yeah. That's before having dinner. Sorry to interrupt, but Dana wants to know what your diet is. So tell Dana what your diet is every day, how you're staying consistent. You know, believe it or not, I eat the same. In the morning, I have oatmeal. For example, one minute oatmeal. I don't cook it. I put it in a cup. I put raisin ball nuts. I do 2% milk and a banana. I eat that. I always make sure that I always have protein every time I eat. Last time, I probably have maybe like a, a one sandwich or maybe half a, half a pound of turkey with a piece of fruit. And uh, maybe if I want to have like a protein bar. But the important thing is I have one or two pieces of food a day. Then dinner will be the same thing. It will be like meat fit with chicken with a baked potato and a vegetable. And he drinks wine once in a while. Because what I feel like people always think is, oh, you have to constrict everything. But he eats well during the day so he can have a glass of wine sure. at night. Yeah. So. I mean, eating healthy because mm -hmm. uh, what you put in your body, you want to eat your calories but not drink your calories. Like, for example, I, I can't tell you how many individuals I've seen, they get this thousand island dressing, and they fill the whole plate with, with the dressing. The dressing is like 10 times more calories than what you're eating on the plate. That's where you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, it tastes good, but, they, but you got to cut back to a minimum. My theory is that, for example, if any time you eat vegetables or food, it should be the same size as your fits, but then match with the size you get inside your stomach. That's a good way to measure the food. You always want to leave... For example, a little hungry, that feeling full. If you could do that, you would save a lot of time and calories because I don't believe that you have to change your diet dramatically because we all grew up on certain kind of food. Like, for example, Chinese, they eat like a sushi. Like, for example, I've eaten Italian food. But it's all about calories and cutting back. Instead of going to the stream, having a great food, a piece of bread, and eventually the body says, hey, I can't tolerate this. So it's important to, to have that balanced diet, but don't eliminate the food that you enjoy eating. I, maybe this is TMI, but we found that certain foods cause us to bloat like an insane amount where mm -hmm. we wake like a couple hours after eating, we, we look like we've gained 10 pounds, yeah. but it's just bloat. What causes that? Do you know? So with the bloat, what causes the big bloat? So a lot of people, we're the only mammals that drink milk after we're babies. Do you realize that? So a lot of people are lactose intolerant and they don't realize it. And also what else causes it to bloat? Oils, like canola oil. People clean their cars with canola oil and they're throwing canola oil in, in food because it's cheaper. So our society, our food industry is killing us. It's maybe not our fault. But, you know, even even the processed of wheat and, you know, yeah, flour, like, they're like, over-processing like, it. 
Yeah. You have like too much sweat because it's amazing. Because sometimes when you get older, before you go to bed, you have a stomach. And the morning, you have a flat stomach. And you say, what if I turn wrong? It's just because age is doing about the gravity. Like, for example, I use 2% lactate milk. If I drink regular milk, I'm going to have the same bloated feeling. Mm-hmm. But the truth is you have to know what kind of food causes that because everyone is different. They react differently. You have to be your own kind of nutritionist yourself and your, 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 you know, your pitfalls and everything. Everybody, but once you know your body has that under control, that's huge. Like some people react different to for them it, even better. We found like we'd go out for Thai food. Oh, Thai food is the worst on us. And we would just leave. And we this... we get in the car and go. Wait, I was thin when I walked into that restaurant. What right, happened like, to my me? My shirt was loose. Yeah, it's, you know it's. You should go in the kitchen and see what they're putting in the like the sodium. All it's it, it's crazy, and then it spikes up. Then you're then you want to drink more water. Then you get hungry again, and then the water on top of the sodium just makes you look like you. Right. You know, right. Yeah. That's, like, why, you know, that's why it's important to eat like a king for breakfast and eat like a pauper for, for, for dinner because uh, most people they don't eat all day. They have one huge meal because it's almost like somebody drinking a, a, a bottle of wine to have that craft, that relief feeling. But that's when you get in trouble. You have to really spare your food out sparingly like three or four times a day. And people that get very hungry at night, it's okay to have a couple of hot water eggs for the hunger pain. The worst thing you can do is sit in front of a computer and eat junk food. How many times I see individuals that just have a big batter of potato chip and they'll be eating while they're on the computer. We're talking about maybe two or three hours. I've seen two bags of potato chip. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike, Paul is asking, is there one exercise you like to do every day? Uh, crunch it. Oh. Yeah, very simple because the, your abdominal muscle, for example, you can't spot reduce. You have to do overall cardio. What you would do, a crunch it, it tightens your stomach. The, good, the abdominal muscle is like a muscle. If you do crunch it, it gets a little thicker. But to burn the fat, you have to do the combination of cardio. So what I do is I sit on a chair, for example, home, and keep my legs, like, for example, my... Uh, Lower part, power level, my back on the floor. And I would do crunches slowly, let the air, and I start counting when it hurts. Mm, that's, that's when I start counting because you can't go by 10, 15 reps. Some could do maybe 50, 40, some could do maybe three, but to do maybe three or four sets of crunches every day, great. I don't care how you look, what kind of shape you're in. How many times do you work out in a day? I would say I like to right now because of the lockdown, I like to do cardio for 45 minutes and then I do maybe the waist in the afternoon. But if I do the two together, I would say probably maybe like an hour, an hour, 15 minutes. But I'm very consistent about six, seven times a week. A lot of times I'm not in the mood to work out, but I just make myself do it because I just know that I don't want to put it off. You can't make it up on weekend. It's a consistent thing I do on a daily basis. And he feels better and he's always moving. You know, me, I, I lately I've been moving my arm to open the fridge a lot. You know, he's he's away from the fridge and moving everywhere, and it keeps your mind away from mindlessly eating. So it helps a lot. Yeah. I don't know if you know that when I raised all my three kids, all my three kids were heavy. Sean mm-hmm. was overweight. My two boys were overweight. I never forced them to eat in a certain way. They used to see me how I ate, I ate when I was competing, and now they all became personal trainers, and now she became so involved in nutrition. I would never think so because she learned to her own because she had a weight problem. She went to school. People called her name. Luferigno's kid and you're fat. That's fun. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
but I rebelled because, you know, I, he was eating so strict and I was like, get out of here. But anything that goes in your mouth that nobody sees, I always thought didn't exist, but it does because over time it shows on your body and in your personality and your energy. Yeah. Oh, a good protein source for vegan. So there's a great pea protein called Prevenex, which we use a lot. And it's it's a great, It's but it also puts a lot of nutrients and it's got a lot of vitamins that you don't have to take a vitamin every day. And so that's a great one. And also if you got a good whey protein, there's so many products. But you got to have another thing. There's so many supplements have chemicals in it. Mm-hmm. So I feel that you don't want to replace your meal for like a protein shake. I would say no more than two protein shakes a day because a lot of times, you, you got like, uh, they throw different uh, stuff in the protein shake, but your body has to feed on natural protein. The whey protein, the best pro- protein, I would say, as a supplement, if you have to be on the run. Steve wanted to know, do you take supplements? Yes, I do. I take a multivitamin, I take uh, echinacea, and I take DHEA and B-complex and vitamin E. That's a lot That's of supplements. Hmm? That's a lot of supplements. One mouthful, right there. <laughs> yeah, I take this over here. The one a day. Yeah. Vitamin C, too. Vitamin C yeah, is vitamin good if you C can't too. be outside and it's winter. That's what you get from the sun. Yeah. So to not feel depressed. Yeah. But you need one a day vitamin every day. Because, you know, funny, growing up, my father never believed in vitamins. He used to make fun of me. Why are you taking vitamins? So because vitamin, it's important to take it because a lot of times you can't get all the, uh, the nutrition value from food. So the vitamins that you're lacking makes up the supplement. But you can't overtake the supplement. Like glucosamine is good for your joints. Like, for example, I also take calcium magnesium. That's great for the joints, too. Yeah, magnesium is good for legs that hurt, too. I get restless legs sometimes at night, but I figured out that that was related to not enough breathing exercises. Mm. I breathing into my routine, some really deep breathing, and then my leg problems went away. Yeah. So I think I was just a little low on oxygen. Sandy's yeah. doing some of the Wim Hof breathing. Mm. Have you heard of the Iceman? Iceman? I, I don't think he has. No. He's got a really intense breathing regimen and it's just been, it's been great. It makes me wake up and feel better. And he's um, the, he's the guy who goes in freezing cold water. Oh, wow. And he swims oh. under glaciers. Oh, wow. But he does it all by breathing. So he controls his breathing and he's trained his body. And to- he can hold his breath. This is how he's un- swimming mm-hmm. under ice. He can hold his breath for about four minutes. Wow. wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Where is he from? What country? Um, I think he's Dutch. He's Dutch. His his name's Wim Hof. Yeah. Wim Hof. He's a Dutch guy. And he's, he's, it's intense. Well, they say one of the best things that you can do right now, if you think you might be at risk of getting the coronavirus, is to really exercise your lungs. You know, cardio is great for that. Breathing exercises can work really well for that. Um, What kind of cardio do you like? But about 20 years ago, I was in South America. I drank the milk. I had a very severe bacterial infection caused me to have pneumonia. Oh, wow. I was in the hospital, part of my left lung collapse. They had the breathing machine. You breathe, you see the ball go up and down. It made me realize how important for your lungs, like push-ups are very good for the lung, but also it's important that to work on the breathing because I saw something recently, Governor Cuomo's uh, brother. Yeah. 
You see that? It's amazing that a friend of his said, I don't care how you feel, how tired you are, raise your hand over your head and, and inhale and raise the lung because that's a great uh, defense against the coronavirus. I think another vehicle against the coronavirus is the We love oregano, oregano oil. oil, yeah. It's a great defense. What is it? Oil of oregano. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another new thing against the coronavirus is sleep. You need to sleep as much as you can. Yeah. Sandy asked, what's your favorite cardio? My favorite cardio is uh, I have a treadmill, I have a bike, but I like to do the arc trainer. Or, for example, like the elliptical training, when you work at the arms and the legs at the same time, and it's very low impact on your joints. I'm glad we're talking about this because the people that are involved with the convention, they hear different stories about nutrition, they're talking about incredible hulk, the makeup and everything. But this is important because especially now, nutrition, exercising, we want to save people's lives. But Lou, that's right. You, when you were younger, you were bigger, right? When you were a kid? Right, my uh, competition. No, when you were a kid, you were thin. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, very thin. You know, Mike, when I was 13 years old, I would come home. I couldn't gain weight. I would have a chocolate cake in the morning, and I drink a half a quarter of milk. I get to school. I fall asleep in class. I know anything about nutrition. I couldn't gain weight for anything. I had to force myself to try to gain weight. But as a kid, I was, I was, I was a short little kid. I was the same way. And it was really ironic because I didn't start gaining weight until I was 96 pounds when I was a senior in high school. Wow. And I didn't start gaining weight until I started eating vegetables. And I just didn't, I was a picky eater. I didn't like them. And then at some point I found one or two vegetables that I could tolerate. And then suddenly it just started happening. I started to weigh a normal amount for a young woman. And I was just really surprised that looking back, I feel like maybe I was out of balance. Mm. Sometimes being super skinny is because you're not getting the right nutrients. Absolutely. So once I got the right nutrients, it all started to come together for me. Mm-hmm. And then not breathing correctly sometimes. You breathe without your diaphragm, so you get anxiety, and anxiety doesn't make you want to eat, and you're running around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you had that. I've had a lot of that in my life, but yeah. But yeah. The focus on the breathing. Do you think the best like also to meditate, too? Yes. Meditation has a lot to do with the breathing. Mm-hmm. Do you meditate regularly? I do when I can, but I really meditate when I work out, for example. I do a lot of stretching. Like, for example, when I do cardio, I think it's important when you do cardio, if you could have some kind of a conversation, that's a good way, for example, to keep your pulse up because if you can't talk and hardly breathe, then you're doing too much. These yeah. little tricks make a big difference. But I think cardio, you have to do a minimum, like I would say three or four times a week, at least 30 minutes, because after 20 minutes, then you, you start to burn fat. You see... <laughs> Anaerobic is weight training. Aerobic, anaerobic can burn calories, but aerobic burn fat. After 20 minutes, you do cardio, then you start to burn the fat. Everybody thinks you do 10 to 15 minutes, not enough. But after 20 minutes, that's you start burning the fat. And is there a point that you think it's too much for the average person for cardio? I think the beginning, maybe do 10 to 15 minutes, listen to your body, and then maybe every week add five to 10 minutes more. The whole point of the thing is that when you work out, you want to leave feeling that you've done enough, but don't feel like you're just worn exhausted. And the biggest mistake anyone can make is to, for example, try to train for two hours, like for example, on a weekend to make up during the week, and then you end up hurting yourself. Right. All about quality. I can't tell you how many people go to the gym and they all want to have, have a conversation. But the important thing is that your time to work out is your body and make that time special. It's about quality, but not quantity. 
Dana's asking, how long after a workout do you wait to eat? One hour. I would say 45 minutes before if I have a light snack, I work out. But then after I finish working out, I would say about an hour afterwards, I feel time to eat. That's me because I want to get my cardio, my blood pressure, and my breathing, everything normal, especially coming from a, a, a difficult workout. Kelsey wants to know if there's something you like to eat in particular before you work out. I would say a piece of food. My favorite thing before a workout, I like to have espresso, coffee. Yeah. I use that before a workout because it takes about 10, 15 minutes to take effect. So the espresso gives me that kick. Yeah. I like to have that specifically for a workout. Other people, you know, they like to uh, drink tea or maybe uh, meditate. But for me, I just have the energy. I don't believe in drinking all the Red Bull with the full energy because it's all in the mind. Your mind, everything. You put your mind to it, you can do it. There's no excuse. There's no excuse without buy excuses. I don't know if you guys know, but he's never heard music in his whole life. He can't hear music. So when he's doing cardio, he's in his own brain. He, We have no excuse. We can put on music, feel good. You know, he has to literally be in his own mind, right, yeah. when you're training, which is kind of a form of meditation with your breathing. Yeah, because right? I think of positive things. I think about things in my life that I've accomplished that keep me focused on everything. That's a good point because Shauna listens to music. But I grew up my whole life not listening to music, but I have my own soundtrack in my head. <laughs> can you hear? Can you hear beats, or can you hear? I can. I can hear beats. You see, I can't hear the uh, the word. I can hear the music. I'm, I'm kind of like tone deaf. But what's interesting about that? It forced me to be who I am today. Because if I didn't have a hearing problem, I wouldn't be what I am today. So it made me work harder than the average person. So I it's like taking the negative as positive because. Every one of us is handicapped one way or another. So I take the best I can be, compete with myself. That's why I talk worldwide about people that they can motivate themselves because nobody's perfect. If you can maximize your own personal power with yourself and be the best you can be, that's better than anything. That's better than money, name it, because that's power, passion. Well, you mentioned just a moment ago that you, the music in your head is is really your affirmations for yourself in doing the workout, the positivity that you, you're you bringing to that moment. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how that's important? What I do when I work out, I think about connecting the mind with the body. Like, for example, if I'm working out, if I'm doing pure, I think about the bicep, the connection. Then instead of thinking about my high school play or think about something different, it's all about the connection with the muscle because I create my own rhythm of my body. It's beautiful because I can isolate that, but that's what makes it it's so different than everybody else because other people have different ways of doing different things. But the important thing is that any kind of cardio, anything, you have to feel the inside your body, the movement, and, and, and how much you can do, how much more you want to do. Because, like, for example, if I'm doing bench pressing, I would think ahead of time how many reps I want to do. And when I do the bench press, I would think about the repetition, knowing that I'm competing with myself. That makes it. Powerful. That's what I do mostly. Competing with yourself while you're working out. Now you you travel a lot when you go to these conventions. So yeah. you're on the road. I mean, so you got to be on the road. What thirty weeks a year? More. Yeah, almost. So what's that like for your for diet for working out when you're constantly you're you're flying. You're in a hotel. You're in a strange city. You don't know where to get anything. What's your routine? My routine is the fact that I try to train every day. For example, when I arrive at my destination, I try to grab a light workout in the hotel. Then I train again the next morning. Of course, when you do a convention, you know, you're all day on your feet like that. When you do a convention, 
you have to work so hard to listen to every fan because I'm the kind of guy I would like to sit in the green room. I like to be at the table all day long, but I try to give everybody the same energy. That could be draining, but the workout itself, when I traveled, like for example, there's always a gym in the hotel because 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have gym. So I would improvise in my hotel room, but now you have different gym. And even though that it may be 10, 12 degrees outside, I still find time to get to a gym doing something. And it's traveling hard because if I'm taking an international flight, I have to travel, maybe train the next day because of, of the long duration of the, of, the, of the flight time. And then when you're at the shows, the diet, because I, I imagine most green rooms don't I have to have a sandwich in advance. For example, green room, you know, a lot of people like to have uh, cookies, you know, or the, or the fattening foods and everything. But I always make sure that I always have some kind of a Turkish sandwich ahead of time at the backup because I just know sometimes different conventions, they may serve vegan food, they may serve maybe just sushi or maybe just uh, box sandwiches. No vegetables, no nothing. So that's why I prepare myself ahead of time to make sure that I have my meal ahead of time with me as a, as a, as a safeguard. So important to eating. It's very important. No, I, I, we know because we do these shows. And oh yeah, you know, I mean, especially like yourself. I mean, I mean, you have so much energy. I mean, you guys both of you. I see how hard you work with the show. Most people think when you do a convention, you you get ready a week before. This takes many months. The advertisement, the marketing. And especially you, you know, you're concerned how the fans want to be appreciated, that you don't want anybody walking out feeling that they've been deprived. Yeah, at, at the show, I don't know that we are eating healthy ourselves. I think that we're on pure adrenaline, and I think we forget to eat when when it's showtime. That's when I have the food anxiety, where I, I'm, I'm so amped up that I, I can't slow down and eat. Well, then just be like a marathon runner. You prep right. the night before, eat a bunch of your carbs, so you have the energy the next day. Carb load and then do it. Yeah, we have what we call the last supper before yeah. the convention. We, we, there was, yeah. Yeah. We get our pasta in. So, so, Lou, you've been doing these shows a very, very long time. I mean, longer than most people. You've watched it change over the years. You know, you said earlier, used to be more Comic Cons, and now it's these big media things. What was your first show? Do you remember your first Comic-Con? My first show, I'll never forget, a friend of mine took me to the first show with the Hollywood celebrity show, Ray Court. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years ago. And I was amazed that when I walked in the room, I saw all these celebrities from years ago from television and they're signing autographs. And I watched and <clears throat> I said to me, this is something you want to do besides filming because for you, because of your physicality, because of the Hulk, because it's such an iconic character. People love to buy their pictures. I'm kind of nervous about it, but ever since I've watched these people, and I remember when I did the first convention, I was taken back by the excitement with the people coming up to the table and talking to me questions, and that it became a wonderful gesture for me because I enjoy doing convention more than filming because when you do filming, for example, you're on location for convention, you've got the fans coming up. That's powerful because I, I, I could tell stories like three generations like the mother telling me how much they hated me when they were young because their children be smashing TV, green makeup over the floor, you know, pajamas, wallpaper, Hulk wallpaper, everything. So it's nice to hear this story, and especially I see a lot of girls sometimes, they come up, they're crying because their father passed on. They say, what's my dad could be here to, to meet you in person? Because my show affected like three different generations, and I'm glad I'm here 42 years later, still has effect on these people. That's powerful. But the first time I met I did a convention where I was signing autographs. As a matter of fact, when you do a comic convention before that, then what you call car show, autograph show. But the difference about a comic convention 
it didn't because you're dealing with a comic book fan and you're dealing with science fiction fan. So it's a mixture of everybody. Now with social media, when you guys, now we have the public coming in. So every person knows what a Comic Con is today. 30, 25 years ago, they didn't know. They just heard it's like a comic convention. But now everybody wants to be part of, of the Comic Con. Yeah, I didn't think that I knew anything about the comic world it went until really 2005. I, I didn't know they were printing comic books anymore. I knew it was a thing of the past. Yeah. And, and I watched The Incredible Hulk on TV with my grandparents and my parents. And, and I still didn't think that I was exposed to comic books. I didn't even really understand who the Hulk was, but I loved that TV show. And so it, it, it was a wonderful show. Every month, every episode had a late and compelling message about life. Yeah. It wasn't about the green man, it was about anxiety, about homicide. Even today, like for example, you take the original Star Trek with William Shatner. He only did maybe two seasons. But today yeah. I watch that all the time because it had chemistry. Yeah. The feel. And uh, you know, like I, that's why I like Bill so much because you know he's the original. Like the Hulk is the original, and like the original Twilight Zone. Even today, if I watch it, I'm entertained by it. That's why I see series of one of a kind. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm very proud of the fact that it's still more popular than ever, like 42 years later. What are you nostalgic for in your childhood? I would say Sean Connery, Jane Bond. Mm. Yeah. But before that, when I was in school, because I had difficulty with my social life, I used to come home and watch the Superman TV series with George Reeves. Remember him, Mike? Yep. Yes, sir. And kids, I thought it was, it was real, it was powerful because you see the cape, and that's like an adrenaline, was like a high for me because I wanted to be like him, Superman power, because children obsessed with power. It's a power thing. He had that barrel chest. Yeah. Yep. Great. So, is there anyone, like people get excited to meet you? Is there anyone you've met at one of these conventions that you got excited to meet? I would say, I forgot his name, uh, who played the Emperor in Star Wars. Oh, uh, Ian McDermott. Yeah, because he's such a terrific actor. I wanted to meet him in person because he played the ultimate villain next to Darth Vader. But the way he carried himself, the energy, I was excited about him because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And I've had a chance to work with a Star Wars actor. But him is special because the way he carried himself on the screen. So I got excited to meet him in person because... Uh, and he got excited meeting me because when you meet, sometimes you meet these actors, you can't imagine how they were on the screen because the person, they could be very meek or sometimes they could be very outspoken, but he was like a real laid back guy. And I was amazed at that what he brought off the screen. So I get excited with people like that. That's cool. Um, one of the questions we like to ask our guests is what inspires you? Inspires me? Yeah, in life. My wife and my kid, the energy, like for example, like for example, like Shauna, for example, I see how much they've taken the, the, uh, what I've done further than I want to do. Also, it keeps me young because the fact that we're doing this whole training, the nutrition, like my son Lou, for right now, the actor, he's doing three TV series now, a squat. He was on last night on the rookie with uh, uh, Nathan Fillion, and I've worked with Nathan Fillion, but that's my excitement because he, the family keeps me alive, good friends and my family, especially my daughter, especially now because of the nutrition thing. I feel like I'm 35. I don't feel like I'm 68 right now. That to me is huge. We don't feel like you're 68 either. It, no, it's all here. Yeah. No, I mean, people on here, are, uh, comments have been coming in how you don't look like, you look like you're in your 40s. Yeah, I'm lucky. But Lord, because of the weight training and they're eating good. It's a lot of work. 
Yeah, tell me about it. 55 years. Yeah. Well, this has been really awesome. We love having you here. Thank you. That's it. Any parting words for the fans tonight? Yeah, I want to tell all the fans, you know, because we have to lock down, don't get frustrated because a lot of people out there, you know, they they are hurting too because of the fact that it only brings more people together because, like, for example, you take the time now to do spring cleaning, like, for example, the house, keep busy if you want to talk them closer. But like myself, I like doing different things because sometimes when you travel, there are a lot of things that you that – you, uh, Lack behind, you got a chance to make up for it. There's always something to do with, like, for example, write something, write an article. Like, for example, I like to clean my clothes besides working out, but be, be close with your family and friends because now we have the time to spend with them. And also, thankfully, we have the internet now. We could travel, talk to people all over the world. Can you imagine we had no iPhone, no internet now, dealing with the lockdown? It would be awful. But I would say that everybody, please be patient and God will be with us and we will get through this. And I, I love everybody. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you, Mike.